everybody. Welcome to the Talking Disney Podcast, and I'm film critic Rachel Wagner, and I'm here to talk about another of the Disney canon classics, and I'm joined every month by my very good friend, Stanford Clark. Hi. Yes. Can you believe we're already almost at the end of the year? I can't believe it, Rachel. It's amazing. And here, <laughs> yeah, was, holy smokes. I mean, how much have we heard about Frozen 2 so long since and it's here it's we're almost, almost here next way. week we're gonna get to see it oh my gosh yes Exciting. <laughs> yeah we've been waiting since 2013 for frozen 2 and <laughs> it's finally here and it's here. here yeah it's so exciting uh so yeah so we're actually doing a double uh podcast this month uh like we did with ralph breaks the internet we are covering both frozen and frozen 2 and uh yeah and then we'll be back to the random number generator for uh for december so that will be pretty fun so yeah we're just gonna dive into frozen this can be really really fun this is the phenomenon that is frozen and we'll talk about some of that but also uh, you know, what we think of the nuts and bolts of the film. So it'll be really, really fun. And so, uh, Stanford, what is your just kind of overall thoughts about Frozen? So Frozen as a film, I love. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think that the film is, is absolutely terrific. I love rewatching it again. I, I just think it's original, yet really fits so nicely in with, with the genre. Mm-hmm. And... I, I just love it. As a phenomenon, uh, I can't say I'm the biggest fan of, <laughs> of, of, the, of Frozen as, as a phenomenon. I think, it's, I think its popularity is deserved. Don't get me wrong. I think mm-hmm. it's a really great film. Uh, but I do have some problems with, with what its overwhelming popularity did, both, with, both from you know, people and also what Disney did, too. So mm-hmm. I'll be anxious to explore yeah. that. So that'll be fun to talk about. Yeah. Uh, I assume you, of course, you saw this in the theater as yes, 2013. Multiple times. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Did, were you on a member of press at that, at that point? Did you go to no, early screening? I, okay. I didn't. I went on opening weekend. Mm. and uh, But no, I was not a member. Of, I did not get, a, get to go to a press screening. Okay. So yeah. I, I believe I, I know I was out of town that weekend because uh, it was Thanksgiving weekend. But I was out of town and I went to a Thursday night screening, you know, cause typically I'm not able to do that with some of those other, other commitments I have at home. And so that was really fun to be able to, you know, just to be able to go like, kind of like a day early, you know, for me. Uh, anyway, how about you? Did you go to a press screening or what did you do? No, I didn't go to press screening. I just went to see it in the regular theater and I have my actual, cause at that point I wasn't, I didn't even have a movie blog. I just had my regular blog where I would occasionally write a review for a movie that I really liked. And so this was in December, this was December 5th, 2013 that I wrote the review. So I probably had seen it sometime over Thanksgiving, but then okay. it took me a week or, yeah. or, you know, sometime that week I had seen it. And I, so I, I had some thoughts. I said, let's see, I've always been a huge fan of animation. Typically they are my favorite movies of the year. They certainly can be stinkers, but the potential for creativity and clean humor is there too. This is certainly the case with Frozen and it is worthy of all the praise heaped on it. I liked it as much as Tangled, if not more so. And I loved Tangled. And uh, so, and then I uh, talk about some different things. And I said, one nice thing about the story is there's no true villain. 
there is a there is a helpless but powerful character but no true villain which is interesting and at the time i said in pixar's brave there's also no villain and in that case i think it hurt the story but this has enough of a sense of dread to make up for a cent- for a central evil character and so what the, which is really interesting so at the time i remember being very surprised about hans we'll talk more about that but i didn't really even see him as a villain i just saw him as part of the story if that makes sense mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so yeah and i i say the voice cast is uniformly strong with Dina menzel and Kristen bell playing two sisters who are orphaned princesses in a faraway land they grow up isolated from each other and the public, but are forced to interact with each other. And the Menzel sister becomes upset and turns the town into an eternal winter. Isolated, she creates a castle and Belle's Anna must go and find her sister with the help of a charming snowman who is in the movie just long enough to be entertaining, but not annoying. And a reindeer and his owner, Kristoff. There is also a dashing prince that figures in the midst and several other characters. Uh, so <laughs> it's just kind of interesting what stood out to me back then. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. I love that. <laughs> I said, the cold and icy scenery is beautifully drawn, and the songs by Robert Lopez of Avenue Q fame are wonderful. They are more obviously Broadway style than anything since Beauty and the Beast. Tangle is wonderful in the score, but more of a pop feel. And then I just said, my only qualm with the music is that going out of all the songs kind of run together and sound similar, which is so funny. Because if you think about it, like the big thing out of that movie was Let It Go. <laughs> it was like the big standard. But in my mind at the time, uh, they were all kind of sounded the same, which is uh-huh. interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it said, it's, uh, I said, it's not like with Kuna Matata or Be Our Guest where the song feels different and exciting and something new. Maybe part of it is that I saw those movies as an impressionable child and I saw this at 32. I don't know, but I really enjoyed the music. <laughs> so interesting yes absolutely <laughs> so as a uh, and i mentioned this in you had watched my uh canon review over on my channel yes and i i mentioned this a lot in that review but in my opinion this frozen is the first movie from disney to truly embrace a belty broadway style of musical in the disney canon i mean that may sound surprising to people but really, I think that uh, the, uh, the Ashman Mencken uh, musicals, those are more sort of classical in feel, certainly mixed to classical. And they don't have that sort of belty, uh, <laughs> let it go, you know, kind of a, a mm-hmm. more of a forceful song, type of singing, more of a mm-hmm. belty type of singing. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't think they'd ever done anything like that in, um, in a Disney uh, movie. Yeah, I thought that was a really interesting observation of yours, of yours too, Rachel. And I, I you know, I can't disagree because, because uh, clearly, yeah, let it go. Um, Love is an open door is kind of a belty too for, mm-hmm. for both, both, uh, both leads. And 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 the you know the Bobby Lopez, Kristen Anderson Lopez style of music, it's clearly Broadway, but it's also got almost like a real, almost kind of like a pop sensibility. Uh-huh. to it in, in a way as well maybe that's not the best way to classify it but it there i think the music is so fun and, mm-hmm. and refreshing and clever uh, and again and not not that the Mankin and ashman stuff isn't just you know beyond brilliant because it is it's just i just felt this was 
maybe almost a little more youthful in style too, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which I liked. I mm-hmm. thought it was delightful. Yeah, because yeah. because Tangled uh, is more of a pop, you know, with me yes, more absolutely more of a bubbly pop sound, uh-huh. and yeah, this is very much more kind of similar to uh, to like Les Mis or some mm-hmm. of these other. And maybe the Andrew Lloyd Webber kind of song mm-hmm. uh, that where it's it's just got that sort of belty, uh, you know, there's no business, you know, yeah. that kind of that's just a particular type of Broadway song and sound. And all the other um, musicals from Disney have all had to be altered to work for Broadway, and they have to add songs that kind of feel more that way. Like for instance, in Beauty and the Beast, they have to add the song Home which is a very belty song. Mm-hmm. Is this home? Is this what I must learn to believe in? Like that's a very belty song. And as opposed to, uh, you know, some of the other songs that are more of a mixed classical sound. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, I don't know. I think that's, that's an interesting kind of thing. And I think that's why it really, uh, it really uh, worked for me. You know, and yeah. I talk about loving the music. Yeah, absolutely. This kind of just reiterates your point that you already made, but I heard Alan Menken talking about the music for Tangled, and he was influenced by uh, Joni Mitchell for the, for, uh, mm, for the Tangled soundtrack, particularly that Where Will, Will My Life Begin, or When Will My Life Begin song, again, because he was thinking of um, Rapunzel's hair, and then, you know, Joni Mitchell had, uh, has, you know, long hair particularly you know in her heyday yeah, in, I can in, see in that. 60s and and uh there's there's quite a bit of guitar in in in, in the music too and so uh again i thought that was i thought that was pretty that is cool interesting. And, inter- and interesting uh and like if again, you think of like both sides now there's definitely a, a Joni uh, mitchell kind of Obviously, it's a Joni Mitchell song, but it's, there's definitely sort of a bubbly kind of quality. Mm-hmm. But then there's always sort of that moroseness. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably true there. Not that this is a Tangled podcast, but but, uh, but it's probably true actually in Tangled. That mm-hmm. there's sort of a moroseness if you really kind of dig down that she's living this crazy life. And yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think the closest in Disney that Mankin probably got to... Uh, to belt sound is probably hercules yeah i was thinking hercules too is probably the most mm-hmm. of that sort of forward belt sound and i mean probably partly because you have susan egan who's that's the kind of singer she is mm-hmm. <laughs> right you know, they're a prize for rotten judgment you know it's mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's interesting to me and you know i love I love Broadway and I've always been a huge fan of uh, that kind of singing. <laughs> like, when I was, uh, when I was in high school, Les Mis was kind of my obsession. I mean, I knew every line to every song. I knew every, mm-hmm. I, I had watched the 10th uh, anniversary yeah. of that, that, that 10 year anniversary concert. Yeah. Which is just so wonderful. <laughs> so many times. Yeah. And, you know, I got to see it, and uh, you know, if if uh, Little Mermaid was sort of my my obsession as a young girl, and as far as music and movies, uh, Les Mis was kind of my musical obsession in in high school, and yeah. and so, 
uh, it just, that sound, like when Eponine is singing uh, on my own, you know, like that, like, it's just such a, such a great, I don't know, great sound. I love it. It's so raw. It's so vulnerable. And maybe part of it is also sort of envy. I wish that I could really sing that way. I, uh, you know, <laughs> aren't those singers just uh, wonderful. I mean, they're so good. I wish that I could. So good. But, uh, you know, and I, and Idina Menzel is just a goddess oh, to me. <laughs> I mean, me too. And I think, I think that was the coup is that they got Idina Menzel to, to play that role. And, and she's got a wonderful speaking voice and their singing yeah. voice is just, because I, I was so mad at them with, I mean, I love Enchanted so much, but I was so mad. Yeah. They have Idina Menzel in their movie. Like, what? <laughs> Why? Why did she not sing a song? I was so mad. That was so bizarre. It I remember thinking so that exact same thought at the end of that movie. In fact, I leaned over to, to you know, who I was with. I was like, why didn't she see? <laughs> so like, mad at what the time. Happened. It's just like you brought Carrie Underwood in. What's going on? I Why know. when you have Adina Menzel? It's just so weird. Quite possibly so, the world's greatest singer, as so far as I'm just, concerned, at least. That just was totally changed with with Frozen. And thank goodness, because yeah. she's wonderful. And I, I heard that you know Bobby Lopez and Kristen Anderson Lopez too wrote these songs of course specifically for her and you know to really take advantage of her yeah range and her interpretation and they aced it i mean let it go was you know yeah talk about an anthem that you know was just remarkable it just took on a life of its own yeah when another interesting thing in my review is i I just say the story has a nice message about family, sisters, and the many forms of true love. It surprised me at points, which is tough to do in a princess movie, and the snowman was very funny. It's completely appropriate for young children with only one scary snow monster that is, isn't too frightening and is only in one scene briefly. So I, I do think that that is part of the reason why I love this movie so much is because I have three sisters, <laughs> and sometimes I don't understand them. I don't, and they don't understand me for sure. And, and it can be so frustrating because you want to help them and you want to be there for them. And we have a big age, you know, age gap in my family uh, between us four girls. And so it, it can be kind of just frustrating when you, when you have, I've really related to both Anna and Elsa's experiences mm -hmm. and just the dynamic of these sisters. And that was something new we never had in a Disney film before. Oh yeah. Siblings. Absolutely. And that's so interesting. I appreciate hearing, hearing your take on that, Rachel, because I can't relate to the sister part, you know, yeah. but uh, the, uh, it was so, I think so unique for a Disney film to explore, explore that. And, I had heard Jennifer Lee, who was the co-writer and director, co-director of Frozen, yeah. talk about talk about it. And, and I think they were having such a challenge with it because initially Elsa was like a full-on villain. I mean, it was going to yeah. be Snow Queen. Right. And, and uh, at whatever point they came up and they decided to make this really into a movie about these two siblings, you know, these two sisters specifically – really changed the tone of the film. And, and I think it's really what makes it uh, so special. Mm -hmm. too. Yeah. 
Yeah, I agree. And people act like, we'll talk more about it, but people act like making that change is like crazy. And wow, they changed it. Can you believe it? Uh, when it's actually pretty common uh, to make those kind of radical character changes, yeah. change the story, change the, I mean, we, we've seen in, in Emperor's New Groove or, or, I mean, almost every animated film goes through these revisions and these, uh, I mean, that's just the way, the way it is. I mean, look at even Toy Story. Mm-hmm. Originally, Woody was practically going to be a villain. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then they, t- they tempered down his character a ton and totally changed that. I mean, this is not uncommon. Right. Yeah. And so, I, basically, it's kind of interesting to go back. It's kind of interesting to go back in, in look at the history of uh, making a movie about the Snow Queen story. It goes all the way back to 1937. Yeah. Was they, when it was first proposed. It's been in development for decades, kind of yeah. on and off, I think, at Disney. Yeah. Yeah. Going all the way back to Snow White, and which is really interesting. And then it just could kind of get periodically repitched and repitched. And, uh, and then it was finally repitched by Chris Buck. And, and he had just done Surf's Up over at Sony and Laster, John Laster convinced him to come back to, uh, to Disney. And he had a number of different pitches and this was one, one of them was to, uh, was to do uh, the Snow Queen again, which is really interesting. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Chris Buck, he's a pretty uh, cool director. I mean, like I said, he did Surf's Up. Yeah, it's a movie I like. I think Surf's Up was, was really a creative, fun, fun movie. And wasn't he co-director of Tarzan at Disney? Yes. Yeah. He worked on uh, um, Pocahontas. Uh, he worked on. Uh, he helped. We did character art for Little Mermaid, Rescues Down yeah. Under, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. So he's just amazing. He's one of those one of those people that came up with um, the Fox and the Hound, because uh, that that movie was such a a birth of talent. <laughs> yeah. That, oh yeah. Uh, I mean, talk about an amazing training ground, you know, yeah. he is incredible. And so, yeah, he, uh, he pitched it. And right after the release of Tangled, they announced frozen was going to be coming. And uh, that's when pretty early on the Lopez's uh, joined on uh, to the project. And they were specifically like we talked about last month with Winnie the Pooh, uh, they were they were basically pitched this because they were so happy with what they had done in Winnie the Pooh that uh, they you know they said you want to take on this project with these about these two uh, sisters and they were really uh, instrumental in the story and so not just doing the music but also involved from I think pretty much from the start. I I think the Lopez's are terrific. So yeah. Great, really great stuff they wrote for um, for this film, for sure. Yeah. And uh, they said that, I, you know, the main goal was to try to, uh, to have this theme of sort of this frozen heart uh, getting kind of melted. And, you know, so that's why we have the, this, the bond between the two sisters and you know that's kind of the emotional pull of the of the movie is Elsa's kind of conflicted heart, you know, getting melted and the winter ending and all of that. And so, anyway, uh, so yeah, they changed Elsa from being a villain 
And, uh, and they actually had, they were so concerned about getting this dynamic between the two sisters right that they had this whole sister summit uh, where the women from the studio and their sisters had basically like this little retreat and uh, where they tried to get that dynamic right because they'd only done it one other time in a Disney film, which was Lilo and Stitch. Uh, but that was a different dynamic because yeah, really- a really different dynamic in Lilo and Stitch mm-hmm. than what what ended up being in Frozen. Yeah, yeah, because that's more of a parental legal guardian, yes, child kind of situation rather than two sisters. Mm-hmm. I think so. Uh, very interesting. They also really worked hard to try to use the Scandinavian influences uh, in 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 a respectful way. <laughs> Obviously, this is a uh, it's kind of similar with Moana. You know, they created a, a, a mythical, a, a, a fictional, I should say, a fictional land. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and but they definitely wanted to have those feelings as far as the clothing and the yeah. uh, the the production design, all that kind of stuff uh, in the in the movie, which I think is really nice. I do too. You know, and and architectural styles and and uh, all those different things that they really think were influenced through with with uh, Norwegian culture and and style uh even though it's really not Norway but still it's 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 fun I, mm-hmm. I think it was a really good choice for right. sure yeah and so then we it starts out the movie with this song Frozen Heart and I love I think the opening is very strong for this movie it really draws you in and I like the uh, uh the choral music that they have throughout the movie uh and i i think you've got those ice carvings ice carvers and i think it really just helps you similar to the lion king or some of these other movies where you get that opening boom kind of a thing yeah i I really like that yeah i think it's i like the opening sequence too i know i'm one of those um one of those videos on the you know on the internet Mm -hmm. like how it should have ended or honest trailers oh, yeah. or one of those, you know, we're making fun of the, uh, the beginning, like saying it's just completely pointless and maybe, but I, I like it. I think, I think it's, I think it's a fun song. I like how it introduces the concept of a frozen heart and it introduces ice. We had to see cute little baby Sven and little Kristoff, you know, and, and uh, kind of set up, uh, you know, that this is going to be like when they were kids yeah you know i mean i don't think it's that different than circle of life no it sets the tone for the movie it sets the musical tone for sure of what you're going to be getting and i don't know i really i really like it the animation too is gorgeous mm -hmm. yeah yeah the northern lights going on and then i just love how they shaving through the ice how they put the quote-unquote camera kind of underwater too and all the different things that were done with it i I like it Mm -hmm. me too and so then you find out we have this opening sequence where you have Elsa, her magical powers, and uh, Anna, Anna gets a little overzealous, and uh, and then Elsa starts to kind of lose control of their playing, and she ends up hurting, uh, she ends up wounding Anna, and so then they go to the troll, and he uh, he's able to heal uh, Anna's uh, injury. And uh, she's, he tells her, he says, Elsa must control her powers and that fear will be her greatest enemy. 
And so it's kind of weird because <laughs> I, I feel like hiding her, doesn't that make her more fearful? Oh, yeah. I mean, they, it's going to be so interesting to see what happens in Frozen 2 when we learn a little bit more about, you know, kind of the overall picture they had of, of the parents. But it's, it's not great parenting, I think, is one of the things, you know. Because, <laughs> yeah, it hurt both the girls, you know, tremendously. Yeah. I mean, it totally freaks out Elsa. And then poor Lana is so isolated and she makes her so sad. I mean, is there any song that's more heartbreaking than Do You Want to Build a Snowman? Yeah. I don't think so. It's you know, so it's, it's so, <laughs> I mean, it's so perfectly done, but it's so sad. Yeah, because I think that if, if she had been taught how to control, I mean, I know that they were trying to teach her how to control, but I mean, I just don't understand why they thought it was necessary to hide her from Anna who could have also helped her to control. Yeah. I mean, wiping on his memory, I don't quite understand. I mean, if, cause she, if she had this memory that, Oh, I got hurt. It's kind of like, if you put your hand on the stove, then you're not going to want to put your hand on that stove. So yeah. as a, as a sister, unless she's just like stupid, um, she's going to not do what she did that made Elsa do that. Right. And she's yeah. going to, so I don't know. Yeah. Some, Poor, poor, poor parenting choices. Poor Elsa. <laughs> it's just, you know, when she's there in her room just crying and scared and they're just like telling her to con- conceal, don't feel, you know? And uh, But but I think a lot of people really connected, especially with that line, conceal, don't feel, oh, hold it all inside, yeah. don't be who you're supposed to be, don't show your, yeah. for lack of a better word, your magic, magical powers that make yeah. you unique. And uh, so I think you know, I think that that definitely hit home for a lot of people. Oh, I do too. And, and, and then I think, you know, from just clearly from a narrative standpoint, it really shows you, it helps explain Elsa's behavior when she finally, you know, yeah, not really. I mean, but she, she takes a break from her responsibilities, you know, and she finally loses it. She finally, she's done. I mean, she's been exposed. She thinks the people are going to kill her. Yeah. And so I think that, that yeah, excelling yourself from people who are going to kill you yeah. um, and are coming after you like a mob, I don't think that that's too selfish a choice. I think that... Yeah. I mean, yeah. So then we have that, uh, that we have, do you want to build, build a snowman? And I, I do think that we can all relate to that, though. We have those people in our lives that we just can't seem to get through to. Mm-hmm. We can't. We just don't understand them. They feel like they're walking in kind of a different world than the rest of yeah. us. It can be really frustrating. And I think it was so hard on Elsa because I think Elsa wanted a relationship with her sister, but, you know, she was convinced that she couldn't have one. Otherwise, as you said, you know, she's going to hurt her. Right. And poor Anna's just left in the dust. Like, she's like, why won't my sister ever talk to me? You know, what Especially did I do? What did once, I do wrong? Yeah. <laughs> Especially once her parents, because parents uh, died that, I mean, I guess somebody else was raising them. Somebody else was carrying on the mantle or something. I don't know. It's very interesting. And all the you, servants you do, in the castle. Yeah. You see, uh, yeah. you see some of those servants and 
Uh, then we have uh, for the first time in forever. And I do want to point out, uh, I love Christoph Beck's score. I think it's excellent in this. He did a great job. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. The score, the score is terrific. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. For, so for the first time in forever, this is on a just, she's going crazy. She's so excited. Yeah. <laughs> now we talked about, you know, how much we love Adina Menzel and particularly her voice. What's your take on Kristen Bell's singing voice? I think it's really cute. I, I enjoy it. I think she did a, a really good job. I really like it. In fact, I was really surprised. I yeah, mean, me too. Not having, not having ever really heard her sing, I just think, well, we'll see. And, and, it's, just, and it's perfect. I just thought, yeah. just yeah, she was cute. As you said, really, really, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, hopefully in this next one in Frozen 2, we will get a... Uh, we will get a song from uh, Christoph. Will have a song, but <laughs> he won't just be singing in his Sven voice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because Jonathan Groff, of course, it's is incredible. Terrific. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> on Hamilton and stuff like that. Yeah. So, I mean, he, the character does have a song in the musical, mm-hmm. uh, a really good song actually. And so, hopefully, they'll put a song in, yeah. in the new one. But I think for, for the first time in forever is a really great is a great song. And, it's really it, it's it's funny, and you know, she <laughs> there's there's some pretty pretty funny lines in it. And uh, she, I don't know. She's just a unique character. She's very, you know, a naive character, but a really, really sweet character. Yeah, and... I just, you just instantly love Anna, you know? And uh, I love in, the, in that scene how she interacts with the paintings in that one particular room. If you recall, yeah. the animation in that is so fun. Because uh, you just feel like this is probably how she's had, how she's kept sane and here she is just really alone you know mm-hmm. and, and uh these paintings are kind of what she interacts with but they just do such a wonderful job uh because she's just, had to conceal don't feel also yeah. she's had to yeah. put on a show probably more yeah. so in a way because she hasn't been hiding yeah so, and, and then you know elsa's got a little part in it too and it's great uh so just, i think it's terrific for both characters for sure mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, the um, what's the? Hold on a second. Let me look. At it. I mean, and it's also the only, uh, only uh, Disney uh, musical I think that has uh, the lines. Don't know if I'm elated or gassy, but I'm somewhere <laughs> in that zone. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and she's stuffing her face with chocolate and all this. <laughs> yeah. Because for the first time in forever, I won't be alone. Yeah. So good. Great great song. Yeah. Uh, So, okay. Then we have, uh, we have the coronation, which I love that whole scene. I love uh, Elsa's coronation dress. Uh, I think she looks, and it's so cool to have a Disney princess movie where there is actually coronation. There's a coronation. (laughs) (laughs) She's actually the queen. Yeah. She becomes the queen. Yeah, I love that. That's really cool. And uh, so then the party is starting and things be going pretty well at first. And earlier, she, Anna had met Hans. And so then they meet up again at the party and they connect and you get the love is an open door. And which uh, again, it's just like, I think I remember sitting and seeing that opening weekend, Rachel, and just 
when that song showed up, she was like, I, I can't believe we just had like great song after great song after great song. And it just continued throughout the film, you know? Yeah. But that song is so fun. The animation's yeah. so fun. And, uh, but it really propels the story. You know? Yeah, and I love Santino Fontana. I oh, love his voice. I love yeah. him in this song. And were you in the Tabernacle Choir when he was there? Yes. That's He's so, so fun cool. to work with. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, he's terrific. He's just a very talented guy. That's I mean, awesome. Great voice. Yeah. Yeah, I love him. He's great. Uh, and everything, I just love all the symmetry and I love that. I love their, their chemistry because I think it does do a good job of kind of, you, you, you believe at least at the time, like now they've done this sort of villain reveal so many times that it's less fresh, but at the time I was totally. Oh yeah. I was totally surprised. surprised. It totally worked for me. Yeah. <laughs> at the time. And, uh, and so I think it works as uh, setting up this and you sort of, you'd believe that he does have the best, best of intentions, but we don't really know him. So uh, it makes sense that also when he changes because we haven't gotten to know him. Yeah. <laughs> and so then things go badly because uh, Anna wants Elsa's blessing and uh and so i guess she needs that as the print you know the younger sibling the princess, yeah and she's the, queen. the queen and yeah and she's like no you can't let you do this this is crazy and anna gets frustrated and you know you don't have to be like this you don't have to you don't have to do this and uh and she you know, ends up ripping off her glove which causes her to 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 start the winter and and then she leaves and I, I do think that the whole Let It Go segment is so great. It's so impactful and beautiful and well sung yeah. and amazing. It's just so yeah. good. No, with you, I love everything about that sequence too. I really like how they, you know, they build up to that, to that crescendo where Elsa's had it. Uh, and then all of a sudden her power starts to just kind of unleash itself and she doesn't necessarily have the control, you know. Um, but when she runs off and she's running on that lake, is that mm-hmm. the coolest? You know, with yeah. her cape, with her cape trailing, and 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 the little just little things of ice when she touches the water. Um, uh, brilliant! So and then yeah, yeah. I wish that whole let it go sequence. It's amazing, you know, that the anime, I mean, clearly the song as we talked about is iconic now, really. But uh, it, I think the animation that they did was. Um, just phenomenal when she stomps her foot and uh then that ice castle starts to reveal itself you know starts to build itself with that giant chandelier and all that stuff i mean i could watch that over and over again because i'm just amazed at how beautifully it's animated yeah yeah and i mean and and it's so deep you look and you just see like the the little sparkles and the little snowflakes and the Mm -hmm. little how how what attention to detail that they had in the scene is really impressive and and her her snow dust you know i i've seen some stuff about just the amazing amount of computing power it took you know yeah to create how beautiful that that dust is you know and there's a bunch of it in that scene in particular uh you know yeah. it's just so oh, so good yeah and i mean i guess i've always people people that are hard on elsa because they say oh she's abandoning her people to this winter well 
first of all, yeah, they were going to kill her. But second of all, who can relate to that of being like just breaking and being like, ah, yeah. you know, and I, I mean, maybe, yeah, maybe leaders should be able to handle that in a more, uh, more seasoned measured way, but she was young. She's yeah. a, she's a teenager and <laughs> who has been treated terribly her whole life told to conceal who she is. Now everybody knows. And, uh, and I don't know, I completely relate to that feeling of just bottling everything up and getting to that point where, I mean, I've had panic attacks in my life, so I guess that's why I understand and uh, what she was feeling. And I, you know, just that moment of like, I can't take it anymore. Yeah. I, I can't take it. Yeah. So it really you know, worked I, for me. Yeah. It really worked for me too. It was interesting to, to I've talked a couple of examples about, you know, that other people that I've talked to regarding it. And this was, you know, when the film came out, uh, one of them was one of my friends who's got a father of, who's a father of two young girls at the time. Mm-hmm. I think both of his daughters were, I mean, one was like six and the other one was four or something. But anyway, kind of like prime age, they were eating frozen up. Right. Mm-hmm. And he was really troubled by the lyrics of let it go. You know, like I'll sing no right, no wrong, no rules for me. You know, I'm free. He was like, well, that's not a very good thing to teach my daughters. And I think, well, I tried to step, you know, as the English major in me trying to talk with him about, look at what's happening in the story. You know, look at what's happened, you know, look what's happened to Elsa, how she's been oppressed and kind of, and not been able to be herself. Finally, she's able to, you know, to be herself and she's, and she's she's having a moment. Yeah. You should let her have this moment. Because also it's just the beginning of her journey exactly she realizes when she sees anna again and they have for the first time forever reprise which we'll talk more about but she realizes that she was basically wrong that let it go didn't work yeah and that that is kind of devastating for her and pretty she once she finds that out she you know she goes and she ends up getting arrested uh by hans and uh and so she has a, a journey that's just the start. Let it go is the start of the journey yeah. for her, in my I, opinion. That's a, that's a perfect way to say it. And another another friend talking to it, talking about this, was complaining that Elsa Elsa shouldn't be leaving her responsibilities. You know, yeah, Elsa I've heard that a lot. And, and again, just thinking, look at what happens in the movie. You know, she figures things out. You know, and it really necessarily wasn't, she wasn't necessarily leaving. I think she always knew what was right. I just think she needed a moment, you know, yeah. I'm reminded of, of, uh, of the film Roman holiday, which I recently rewatched, mm-hmm. which I just adore, but it's kind of the same thing. It's just like in its own way, you know, I mean, this Audrey Hepburn, you know, the princess, she's got to have a break. She, she can't take this pressure and responsibility and her kind of soul joyless life anymore. So she sneaks away and again, they're different, you know, different and different motivations, but I, I don't know. It just kind of reminds me in a way of, of Elsa's journey because ultimately, you know, the Audrey Hepburn character goes, goes back to it because she knows that's yeah. where she needs to be. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think so. And she knew that Anna was there. And uh, so I think it's not like she was really, abandoning her people with no leadership at all 
And so, yeah, I, I think it's a stretch for, in my opinion, I don't, I don't think that that's, uh, it's certainly not a criticism that it bothers me. That's for sure. That I, that I had either. It didn't, it didn't bother me. No. And so what do we think of, what do you think of Kristoff and Anna? Do you like that dynamic with him being sort of the realist, her being the idealist? What do you think? Oh, I do. I think, I think it's a good dynamic. Uh, I mean, kind of a classic, uh, movie dynamic in a way and that in that uh they're kind of opposites but it's fun you know she, i mean you know anna needs someone to help her because there she is you know kind of without clothes or a horse or anything you know? she's got yeah she's got to have some help uh and she's in that short sleeve dress you're you just know. like oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> so some help by somebody who knows what they're doing you know and where and where and where stuff is. And I, one of my favorite scenes is when just before the big wolf attack, uh, where they're in his sled and he's telling her, or, you know, she's telling him about how, you know, she just got engaged to somebody that she just met. And now he's just like, what? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, those, I understand people that feel like, Oh, that was too meta. It was too kind of poking fun at Disney, poking fun at, at itself. And I can understand that criticism sure. because that's not really the way that the original princesses were. I mean, I guess you could make the case for Cinderella, but Cinderella, that's Cinderella. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, I feel like the other characters, I don't know. They're not ditzy characters. Yeah. Like Cinderella is, is a, basically a victim of trauma and you know she meets and has this connection with the prince but i wouldn't say that she's stupid and i wouldn't say that snow white is stupid and i wouldn't say that uh the sleeping beauty that aurora is stupid or naive or whatever it's just a different kind of storytelling yeah um so i can understand why some people get a little irritated by that because i do think we are too hard on those early princesses but I still enjoyed it. I liked, I thought they had nice chemistry, nice dynamic, the characters, the voice actors, just everything I think. And I, and I do like him talking about his sled. He's so proud of it. <laughs> you know, it's not going to end well <laughs> for his sled. <laughs> um, so then we get Olaf. We'd seen him earlier. We saw him, uh, Elsa creating. I mean, and and some people get really caught up in the fact that what are the limits of Elsa's powers? Because she can evidently create life. <laughs> but eh, I don't care about that. It's uh, a snowman. <laughs> you know? She creates technically two snowmen. Yeah. The monster snowman and Olaf. And, uh, yeah. But eh, <laughs> it doesn't matter I'm to with me. You. It does, that just didn't bug me uh, at all. And I really appreciate what you said in your canon review about, about this because... Olaf could go into really annoying sidekick territory. Yeah. I don't think he does. And I think part of it is that he doesn't come into the film until a little later. Mm -hmm. And plus he's just funny. You know, I just think that I thought, I thought the stuff, the way that, the way that they designed Olaf, the way, you know, this, the, the, his lines and just Josh Gad was very funny. I I, I liked, I like Olaf a lot. 
I do too. And I think that in the world of sidekicks, in, as far as Disney sidekicks, I think he's actually a sidekick that matters to the plot yeah. in a way that very few sidekicks yeah. do. Uh, most Absolutely. of them are for comic relief, but yeah. he's like really important because mm-hmm. he's the one that talks to Anna yeah, about. He, he helps Anna about what love is, and mm-hmm. so figure, he figure it out. Yeah, and so he matters to the story. Uh, I mean, obviously he's maybe not up there with Genie, but he's he's in the top group of sidekicks, in my opinion. I think I think it's fun. I think I think that in summer sequence is yeah <laughs> it's perfect i mean it's because it's kind of it's it's random but it's a fun it's a fun way to introduce him as just being kind of a hopeful you know well uh, i like too that the chris was like should we tell him and don't you dare I, know. I love that it fits into the whole <laughs> christoph realism right <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then this is when we get the for the first time in forever reprise and this to me is the highlight of the movie this is the best sequence that is in the movie great because you see you see elsa realizing that let it go didn't work and anna trying desperately to help elsa and i I think that the harmonies is so well done i think that that it's it's such a broadway moment the yeah. combining of their voices and uh, the way it builds and builds and builds is perfect. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, so I agree. good. It's just, it is, it's like, it's, it's a perfect moment and it's so Broadway in the best sense of the word, you know, because here both of them are singing about what they're going through. And it's really, I mean, it's really helpful to hear, you know, to have, have the exposition, not to mention, it's just beautiful, you know, just, just musically. It's, 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 it's beautiful too. I'm with you. Yeah. But I just love when they're, they go back and forth uh, and they're like, actually they're not. What do you mean? They're not. Yeah. <laughs> like that's very Broadway to me. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and uh, you, uh, Aaron Dells in deep, 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 deep. snow. <laughs> actually so they're not. What do you yeah. mean? I love that. I just and think that's so good. It's a cool way to, to to communicate to Elsa like this is bad. You know, like we're in trouble. And Elsa had, had no idea. You know, she's just been, I think, off just kind of being grateful for a break. And again, who can blame her? Because she deserves. You know, she needs it. But, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Then we have uh, this is when we get fixer upper, and this is a weird element of this movie is the fact that just randomly the trolls raise Kristoff, which is really weird. Yeah. Uh, that was, you know, cause again, it's introduced to the first of the film. And I, you know, just like, well, yeah, where did Kristoff have any, like where are his parents? Does he just kind of go work on the ice? You know? <laughs> yeah, well, and the <laughs> they don't even have any dwellings. How does he live? <laughs> it's <know>. cold. <laughs> They don't even have any houses or anything well, like that. What do they, they do? You know, I mean, yeah. I mean, when he's around, do they appear? And then when, you know, I don't know. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's something that you can't think about. <laughs> think about too much. Because I don't think that it is also sort of weird that they want, with everything that we've seen between Anna and Kristoff, that they're so eager for them to get married like right there they're about to like force them into an arranged marriage yeah and 
and yet Kristoff is this character who thinks that's totally ridiculous and and crazy but if he'd been raised by these people it's sort of weird and i don't know the whole thing it does i don't think that fixer upper is just as its own song i don't think it's a bad song i think it's fine <laughs> like it's a perfectly cute bubbly song but and i think it's well sung but it just doesn't make sense in the story and so it's kind of weird and yeah so it's the low point of the movie in my opinion the weakest yeah part. i i hear what you're saying i think i think it's a cute song i i'm with you the, the whole kind of arranged marriage seems a little off <laughs> off-putting but i do like i do like the message of the song which is really i mean it's again you know this is a movie about love and and uh and they're talking about love you know almost like unconditional love mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And, and and so that part I like, and that kind of helps me look overlook some of it. <laughs> I was frankly really surprised that they kept the song in the musical. I thought yeah, for they sure kept it that in was the Broadway musical, cut. right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Are there trolls in the Broadway musical? I can't remember. Yeah, where yeah. The there. trolls are there. They sing "Fix Your Upper." Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I was really surprised. I thought they would change that. But uh, but anyway, do you feel like the movie is too top heavy with songs and not enough no. in the second half? Well, you know, because there's really I only guess, a reprise and fixer upper in yeah, the second half. Yeah, I mean, yes and no. I mean, part of it because it's such an action film. I, I think having 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 the third act just kind of just devoted to the action, I I, I didn't mind. I mean, I think subliminally i would have liked another song because i the songs were so fun <laughs> uh, but yeah i think it could have used one more song yeah i, I do it, i think it, it definitely if they could have done something that would have worked you know i kind of wonder if olaf should have had another song with uh, worth melting for with anna yeah when he was melting yeah mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like that's a really good spot for one. That would have been a that would have been a perfect spot. Mm-hmm. And and uh, maybe even like another kind of first time in forever reprise or something out there on the ice or something mm-hmm. possibly but yeah. So that's interesting. I think that's a pretty valid critique of it. Uh so yeah, and then we find out of course about Hans' betrayal and uh yeah, he's pretty uh and we find out that he is his big plan because he's the youngest of 11. And so he's not going to get anything. And he was planning on trying to woo Elsa, but then Anna was so excited. And so he's developed this whole scheme of what he's going to do to, uh, to basically kill Anna and, uh, and then frame, uh, frame Elsa as a criminal. And, uh, and so, yeah, that, what did you think about that? Well, uh, I was surprised as we just discussed. I, I I was suspicious of Hans, but I just wasn't sure where I was going to go, and I didn't expect that to happen. Particularly how mean he was. Yeah, he was so know? mean. Oh, horrible! The uh, the theater I saw it in. I mean, everybody. I mean, there was a gasp. You know, there was an audible gasp. I don't know if that happened when you. Yeah. Thought, and that was for sure kind yeah. of fun. You know, yeah. in that the, it, it, it surprised. It surprised me. You know, I think most of the film, the film yeah. doors. So I thought. I mean, I, I thought it worked. Now I'm kind of sad that they use it. I think he gets used a little too much. But yeah, uh, same. The, the, it, I thought it really worked for this. For this I film. really hope they don't do something similar 
and this new one. I hope that they go for all villain uh, or something different, not, you know, I hope there's some Honeywell character or whatever her, I hope she doesn't end up being a villain or someone like that. Yeah. Uh, so Olaf, yeah, he says some people are worth melting for. Which is and tells her about love. He says, you really great, don't know. What a great line. It's so and, good. And perfectly delivered. It's know. also, I think, one of the highlights of the movie mm-hmm. is that whole scene, that whole sec- section. And then, so the ending, it turns out that Anna and Elsa basically save each other and uh, their love and i i really loved that i thought that was beautiful it was beautiful (laughs) great (laughs) and i mean especially because again because i have three sisters yeah uh, that is going to ring especially true for me i mean i do have also two brothers (laughs) family but but yeah i mean uh sisters i think there's uh, something unique and special about a sister relationship because i have two sisters too and and then just other you know, women that I know that have yeah. sisters. I mean, I just, there's something special about that kind yeah. of bond. Well, my mother too. My, my mother had one sister yeah. and there was just, so there's something very unique about that, that bond. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's why it rang true for so many people and they felt so moved by it. And it was just a different kind of love explored at the core of the movie than any other than it had ever yeah. happened before in this kind of movie. Mm-hmm. And so I really enjoyed that. And, and I, you know, I know that the, the response to frozen was huge and overwhelming and way bigger than Disney had intended. I mean, they didn't order near enough toys and enough. I mean, this was a way bigger hit than they ever imagined it would be. And, and so, yeah, I, I, I get that, but it also kind of bums me out when, cause I loved seeing like all those little girls singing, let it go, whether it was on YouTube or yeah. just at home or whatever. And the, when the, where I draw the line, as far as the people, I'm so sick of Frozen's the worst. Frozen's one of the worst animated movies ever made. I've seen that supposed case being made and it bums me out that that would affect a little girl uh because you know when i was when i was little i loved the little mermaid i mean every day multiple times a day singing all the songs and my brother will tell you and be like oh little mermaid (laughs) i mean i was obsessed (laughs) and it didn't hurt me one bit yeah (laughs) it was a good thing in my life and i think that I would just hate if, if any child was robbed of that experience. Cause yeah. I think that's one of the great things that Disney movies can do mm-hmm. is that, that, that inspiration and that imagination. And, and I just, I just loved seeing like all the girls dressing up as Anna and Elsa and just really becoming excited about animation and music and in just the way that I was with the little mermaid Yeah, and it's so, and beauty and the beast. And I kind of, I felt like that really this Frozen was kind of this generation's Little Mermaid in the style of singing in the sort of the theme of the same way that Ariel wants to break free. She wants to be her own person. You know, I think there are some similar themes uh, between the two. And and then I feel like kind of like Tangled is this generation's Beauty and the Beast. Uh, It's a lot of similar themes about being kind of trapped and uh you know finding love in things that aren't uh that 
the world scorns and sort of a softer feel mm-hmm. to the music and everything. So that's kind of how I feel about those two yeah. things. And I just would hate anybody to take that experience away from a child. Yeah. And I hear you. I, so that bummed I, me out. Yeah. I totally agree. Cause that's, that's just one of the joys about it. And I, I hope that kind of the hater culture that surrounded the film, uh, you know, up to a point, uh, didn't affect that, but it might have. I mean, maybe parents, you know, I've seen interviews with Idina Menzel and she's, I mean, she's, 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 I think she handles it well. She kind of gets self-deprecating about let it go. She's like, Oh, I'm sorry. You know, (laughs) she talks to people. (laughs) She knows it. So, you know, everybody listens to it. But I I think, I think Disney handled some stuff with frozen brilliantly and then some of it, not so great. So I thought that, one of the brilliant things they did with their soundtrack was they put those karaoke tracks on the soundtrack mm-hmm. and every, you know, how many hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of YouTube videos yeah. went up and they were fun. Yeah. You know, people are just having fun with it. I loved it. I just yeah. thought it was brilliant. And I, I liked how they just, how Disney welcomed it, you know, mm-hmm. that they weren't being weird about it and they just were letting people do it and have fun with it. And, and, and I thought yeah. that was terrific. I, I've been able to see Idina twice in concert and the first time i saw her uh it was so cute she had all there were all of these little girls and maybe they coordinated this who knows but there were all these little girls that were dressed up in frozen costumes in elsa costumes and uh, they all came up onto the stage and they all sang let it go with her it was the cutest thing to ever exist so cute and i and so yeah i that's the kind of thing i really love to see yeah and that you know that made me really happy and i i think that i don't know it's just i feel like people really nitpicked this movie to death and i don't think that any of its flaws like say the music is kind of top heavy I don't think any of its flaws are really all that different than the flaws of the Renaissance films that we hold up so dear and we love rightfully so, but it has, I mean, Beauty and the Beast has tons of plot holes and flaws and, and there's powers that aren't, I mean, we never get any explanation for the powers changing these people into, into household objects. (laughs) We never get any explanation for, uh, you know, for a lot of things. Uh, And, in those Renaissance films. And that's fine because we're just enjoying the movie yeah. and you have to have a certain degree of suspension of disbelief. But when something's such a phenomenon, it causes people to nitpick. Right. Uh, and, I, uh, so. Yeah. I, the things that I wondered, I felt like some of the, the phenomenon, I mean, some of, some of the criticism was almost fueled by Disney because, uh, you know, I think it became such an unexpected hit yeah. for them that then, you know, I, I was trying to find it before the, we recorded this podcast, but I swear there was something, and I think, I think it was almost called like the Frozen Initiative or something that they did corporate at Disney. Yeah. And, and which was just like, we want Frozen everywhere. And so, yeah. and as opposed I to, I mean, that's why Anna and Elsa are not Disney princesses yet. Uh, because they're like princesses in waiting or something like that because everybody thinks assumes that they are but they're not they have not been coordinated they're not official disney princesses that's because they have their whole own brand yeah they've got and and so many so many products i mean i remember going and this was maybe a year after the movie 
going into my local Walgreens and there was like a frozen humidifier and a frozen <laughs> snuggie, you know, yeah. the blanket with the sleeves. Right. And all of a sudden I was just like, what else are they going to slap a frozen, you know, yeah. label? And then I remember going to Disneyland because, you know, I mean, I love going to Disneyland. They both at Disneyland and California Adventure Park frozen everywhere. I mean, like you couldn't go, you couldn't go anywhere without there being either a frozen product or some kind of a frozen something. And frankly, it was, I mean, I love the movie. So, and I love Disney. So I just kind of, I mean, <laughs> I let it go. <laughs> but um, <laughs> the, uh, I think that the people were getting ticked about it. You know, they were just like, mm -hmm. we are so sick of frozen. And, and I yeah. kind of feel like that drove some of this hyper critical Personally, I mean, I just think that's how it yeah. drove some of the hypercritical behavior about the film is because there was like too much, almost, yeah. you know, too I much. I think that's true. Yeah. I, I'd agree with that. I mean, yeah, there really is. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if all you go into like a... <laughs> like an auto supply store and there's frozen, <laughs> frozen water Windshield oil wiper uh. yeah <laughs> odin's motor oil i mean there is everything yeah. <laughs> and you know much of it i don't necessarily mind but i do i really do feel like it got a little out of control out of control so i've been happy that that this sequel didn't that they've it's had a bit of a break. You know, that there's yeah. I do feel like the, the hate has kind of died down. Yes. And, and 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 I feel like they've done such a brilliant job marketing this yeah, sequel. Yeah, the marketing has been brilliant. Yeah, and I, I know a lot of people that were kind of not a big fan or kind of down on it, frustrated, whatever, and now are pretty excited about this sequel. So yeah. it's it's interesting. And were you mad about Mount Maelstrom Storm in uh, Epcot? At Epcot. Yeah. I have very mixed got, feelings about it. Because <laughs> <laughs> it got replaced with Frozen Ever After, which is one of the most uh, popular rides. I haven't been to Disney World since I was 12, so I haven't so, been on the ride, but it looks so pretty I'm great. Gonna get, I, you know, my apologies up front. I'm probably going to get some hate mail for this. <laughs> I never really loved the Maelstrom ride. Okay. I thought the Maelstrom ride, while it was appropriate for Norway and appropriate for Epcot, yeah. I always thought it was a little short and it had the weirdest ending. So like the fi the final the final climactic scene Rachel in this ride. So you never uh -huh. went on the ride that you can remember no. that you remember. So you go it's kind of like Pirates of the Caribbean. In a way you're in a boat. You're like in a boat that's got like these rows of that you said like four or five people and there's like five rows. Mm -hmm. Um and this final you're the final splashdown goes into this room and it's it's the ocean and there's a big oil tanker i mean it couldn't be uglier you know i mean it's just like it's not like some pretty scene or some something it's just like you're on the stormy ocean and then there's this concrete oil rig you know i mean it's <laughs> so and then you, you think and, and then you the unload the boat frozen ever after was an upgrade then i thought it was an upgrade <laughs> <laughs> cuz at least it was, and they, they actually, they extend, I think they kept the same track, but they changed where you unload the boat to basically where you load. I mean, it was just, they, they, yeah. they just modified it a little bit and it just made all the difference. And so 
and 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 I think they work closely with Walt Disney Animation Studios because there's a lot of really fun stuff in the queue. And so, you know, Epcot. Sorry, I get so nerdy, but I, I just adore Epcot. <laughs> but Epcot traditionally, you know, when it was made, its goal was to be more kind of edutainment, you know, so yeah. education and 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 entertainment, and not a lot of Disney characters. I mean, there were some walk around Disney characters. But so many people were so upset that, you know, this ride got taken out and that a Disney character ride got put in there. And it's not even technically from Norway. I mean, it's inspired by Norway. Right. You know, as we talked about, it's, it's, it's not truly Norwegian and that stress other people. So I, I personally think the ride's an upgrade, um, that it's there. I think it's just, I mean, I kind of wish that it, then they kept to the true vision of Epcot, but that's with a lot of different things. Not just, yeah. you know, I can't just attribute it all to Frozen. And it's been a huge hit. I mean, there's a giant line for it every day, I think. Yep. They've got a really cool area, I understand, where you can meet Anna and Elsa. Mm-hmm. I haven't been inside this little summer cabin or something that they built, and they did a beautiful, I've only seen the outside of it, but they, they did a beautiful job with, you know, with the design of it, as they typically do with, you know, at Walt Disney Imagineering. Yeah. So, park stuff. So, anyway. So, I had in my last ranking, I had this, I had Frozen at number 12. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, I had a pretty, pretty high. Yeah, pretty high. And I've I've ranked Frozen, you know, I I did my ranking. I know. I'm so proud of you. (laughs) It's about time. (laughs) I finally, I finally broke down and did it. And I've got to just, I've just got to pull this up, Rachel, because, um, I, if I'm not mistaken, I put it at number 18. Very good. So That's a good it's, score. It's a, I, cause again, it's a film that I, yeah, it's 18. It's a film that I really think highly of. Yeah. And one little addendum to my, my Walt Disney world rant and thanks mm-hmm. for, thank you so much for hearing <laughs> me out. What I really wish they would have done is just build a brand new frozen ride in the magic kingdom in fantasy land. That's what I wish they would have done. And mm-hmm. that I think would have been, marvelous but I can see them. still uh maelstrom i think got an upgrade even though controversial, controversial. yeah but because also because i'm not a frozen hater i don't right. you know all right so we had some comments on our twitter Yay. <laughs> so we have richard southworth he says love it great story characters humor and especially music a wonderful piece of disney magic uh, Christian Paystrup says, I haven't seen it since 2014, and I remember not really liking it. My plan is to revisit it for the second one, though, so hopefully I have a whole new perspective. Anne Riddle says, it was really good before all the hype. I like some Elsa songs and Fixer Upper, but it got to the point where enough was enough. I still like it. I just have other movies that I like more. Uh, then we have <laughs> we have Olaf, right? Thanks, PR25, says... Uh, so Saturday was actually the only third time that I'd seen it and first time I'd seen it in five years. But watching it again, it's still not a huge favorite, but I was swept up in the humor, the animation, and drama. Also, I kind of get why it's a Christmas watch for many. Not just the winter element, but something about some of the music, especially score-wise, uh, that as why I was watching Olaf Frozen Adventure directly afterward put me 100% in the Christmas spirit no stopping me now. 
That's an interesting take. Uh, animated Antics says, I love it. One of my favorite recent animated movies from Walt Disney Animation Studios. The animation is gorgeous. The songs are memorable. The characters are lovable. And the story is charming. Disney fairy tale. I just think it's amazing. And I'm eager for the sequel. Kevin, the critic says, a solid but extremely overpraised and overanalyzed film. And uh, <laughs> Catherine Cropp says, yes, I feel the same way. I like Tangled better. <laughs> And then lastly, it's uh, Spectre, S for Spectre says, good on first viewing, but after that, I saw a lot of things that didn't work, like Elsa not being super developed or, or how Hans' twist comes out of nowhere. While I like the family true love moral, I don't like how it makes, makes self-aware commentary on the old princesses when it was fixed uh, much earlier on also Kristoff for me, is okay. Nothing to cry home about. The music slaps Fixer Upper and First Time in Forever are slept on. So there you go. It's different opinions. <laughs> interesting opinions for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, Great. okay. Let's do this random number. Okay. So we have number six. What's number six? Oh, wow. Do we finally get a package film? I think we might. Right. Yeah. We get, we're going to talk about Saludos amigos. Yay! <laughs> Our first package film. Actually, and, this one I like. So I'm, I'll be excited. I'm glad we get to. Uh, I feel like we should do both of them at the same time. Do you agree? Saludos, Saludos amigos, amigos and, and the three caballeros? Yeah, I think we should do both. Great. Because this one's so short. It's only 42 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and the backstory behind Saludos amigos and. Three Caballos is fascinating. So it's going to be really fun to talk about. And so, yeah, that'll be great. We will talk about Saludos Amigos for Christmas, for, for December. Outstanding. <laughs> and we will still have our episode on Frozen 2. Frozen it'll, 2. Be more, it'll be more of a uh, recap show almost, more of a kind of a thing as opposed to one of these ones, obviously, that we've had time to, yeah. to marinate on and think about. So, But it'll be a lot of fun. So we'll look forward to that and let us know what you think of Frozen uh, in the comment section or on Twitter. We'd love to hear your thoughts. We have our uh, Twitter Disney talking uh, that uh, I'll have in the description section. Definitely. If you can follow us on there, um, you can also find me at Rachel's reviews and, uh, and all over social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Ron Tomatoes. So make sure to check that out. And Stanford, where can people find you? Yes. I'm on Twitter at Stanford Clark. And you can find me on my blog and podcast at moviespastandpresent.com. Great. And we'll have all that in the description section. Definitely check it out. We also have our merch store and we have our patron group, which you can join. It's really fun. Definitely worth your time. And we have giveaways and all kinds of exclusives. So that information will be in the description section. So thanks so much. It was really fun talking about Frozen. And uh, yeah, we'll talk to you all later. Bye. Bye.